0: A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Today we have a crazy story of revenge, of smashing an entire gaming setup. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, my neighborhood gangsters shouldn't have messed with my family. I'd always sought solace in the quiet life, marlowe my hometown provided the respite i craved after a turbulent career as a detective in the bustling city while marlowe's serenity was a welcome change it couldn't erase the memories of a past i desperately yearned to forget but it was home regardless it detailed the life i desperately tried to erase but having decided to leave the force for reasons i chose not to share coming back to marlowe seemed like the only reasonable option at the time i saw my days settled into a semi-quiet routine I decided before I left the force that I was going to operate a modest private investigation agency in Marlowe. I believed that it would seldom see action, just mundane tasks and leisurely strolls through the park. Yeah, I needed that. Yet, even in Marlowe, where life drifted along in the semblance of normalcy, fate had a knack for unpredictable turns. That Tuesday began like any other, but by evening the call came, shattering the fragile peace I'd built. It was my estranged brother Daniel who'd fallen victim to a vicious assault by the infamous gang, the Web Spikes. The call jolted my heart into a frenetic rhythm as if the weight of my past sins had returned to haunt me. Daniel embodied the concept of innocence. He'd always taken a different path from me, steering clear of the turbulent waters I'd swam in as a detective. He could never come to terms with why I would choose to go into the force, knowing that our old man died in the line of duty. It was one of the reasons why we were a bit estranged. Yet, he had somehow gotten on the radar of the web spikes. He was assaulted brutally at that, and he could name them because they were familiar faces in the neighborhood. Usually, I suspect that he might not have told me the situation of things if I'd still been in the city. But since I was back in Marlow, he reached out to me. From what he told me, I gathered that the police investigation into Daniel's assault swiftly unveiled the web spikes' pervasive influence within the city leaving justice hanging by a fragile thread. I was familiar with the name, I knew the brand they portrayed and I could make out that they would not expect to pay for the crimes they had committed, and suddenly the anger I felt when I held my partner's warm blood came up again. I could feel the bolt of vexation hanging by my throat. Like I did with the gang that brought down my dead partner, I needed to make them pay. Reconnecting with Officer Sullivan was like opening an old, dog-eared novel and revisiting familiar, yet somewhat weathered pages. Mark had been my second partner back when I wore the badge, the third of the trio for that ghastly operation. But after that fateful operation that claimed the life of our colleague, Mark and I went our separate ways, each of us carrying our own burdens, our own ghosts. Mark had always been the pragmatic one, the voice of reason, He could read people like a well-worn book a skill that often felt uncanny he had a knack for spotting trouble a mile away but on that tragic day even he couldn't foresee the nightmare that awaited us resentment still lingered in the unspoken words and stolen glances the questions that had remained unanswered the blame that had been cast and never fully accepted i knew for certain that he was the only one who could help me get the justice that they deserved The pain and hurt we felt for my last case was still present. It was on that premise that I informed him about the assault on Daniel. If I'm being honest, it was more than a fight for Daniel for both of us. It was like we were having a do-over to set things right from the way it went down the last time. Of course, the details were different, but the players were cut from the same clothes. They were terror gangs that grew too large and too much for the neighborhood to control. Becoming a hacker was a transformation I hadn't anticipated, but necessity breeds adaptability. With Mark as my guide, I delved into the digital realm, acquiring skills and knowledge that would be my passport into the hidden world of web spikes. My online persona was born, a skilled hacker for hire, with a reputation for getting things done. Half the things it said I'd done on the profile, I didn't know of them. The other half was a borrowed profile from some guy that Officer Sullivan knows. I knew that one misstep, one traceable line of code could spell disaster. I navigated the murky waters of the dark web, using pseudonyms and encryption tools to mask my true identity. The deeper I went, the more apparent it became that the Web Spikes were no ordinary gang. There was something about the way that they operated that seemed like they had greater reach than the land of Marlowe. As I began to communicate with Web Spikes members, I quickly realized that the complexities of their world mirrored the complexities of the individuals within it. Each member had their own reasons for being part of this criminal empire, and many had stories that could elicit both sympathy and revulsion. It was difficult to separate the villain from the victim, and this blurred line weighed heavily on my conscience. Over time, I formed a rapport with some of the spikes' underlings, earning their trust with a carefully crafted facade. These relationships were the building blocks of my infiltration, and they were not without their challenges trust was a delicate thing in the criminal underworld and the wrong word or action could shatter the thin veneer of trust i'd cultivated but i had my reason for deciding to go undercover and i was not ready to back down without getting what i came for there was ricochet the unflinching right hand who was fiercely loyal to his leader as the gang's brute force sparrow the strategist who possessed a sharp mysterious mind with her motivations remaining cloaked in intrigue then there was viper he was the digital genius, who found power and dominion in the virtual world. Overseeing the Web Spike's digital empire with a relentless pursuit of control, he was the one I had to be on the lookout for, or should I say, he's the one that my online persona had to be wary of. In the pursuit of exposing all of them and making them pay for assaulting Daniel and every other person who could not stand up to them, I delved deeper into their nefarious operations each discovery unraveling the sinister layers of their criminal empire and its chilling reach into the very heart of Marlowe. But what I would say was the crazy part of my investigation was getting to realize that the web of corruption reached far beyond the web spikes criminal activities. It was a system that corroded the city's foundations, seeping into the dark corners of politics, law enforcement, and the economy. At the sight of the evidence that lay in front of me on the law enforcement agency, I could then understand why their activities had gone unchecked for so long and why my younger brother could not get the justice he wanted from them these officials were not merely corrupted they were puppets in the gang's nefarious schemes protecting the web spikes interests while betraying the public's trust when i saw the rotten part of the law enforcement agency that was supposed to be for us the masses i knew that it would not be far-fetched to think that there was a political intrigue to it and i was right Web spikes had their fingers in the city's political landscape, manipulating decisions, fostering corruption, and ensuring that the system remained tilted in their favor. It simply came from being the dirty hands of those that we thought we elected to be a key instrument in the progression of the town. The very institutions meant to safeguard justice were tainted, and the line between law and lawlessness blurred. With this, I could be certain that those in power were the reason why the media never really had a grasp of featuring a story or covering some of the activities of these guys. I mean, even on days when it seems like they're about to hit a nail on the head with their name, they just divert into unknown guys. As my actions intensified, the tensions within the web spikes reached a fever pitch. They felt the noose tightening and the pressure I exerted on their empire became palpable. They knew someone was on to them, but they did not know who, and that gave me a good base to continue my plan. I was sure that it wasn't like the gang members were united by a common cause. It was really all about a shared pursuit of power and survival. My infiltration had exposed the cracks in their foundation, setting off a chain reaction of power struggles and subplots. The loyal enforcer, who had once been the unchallenged muscle of the gang for one, became challenged. But my relentless pursuit had put him on edge. His loyalty to their said leader was...
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made ByHeart a better formula for formula. Learn more at ByHeart.com.
1: Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, H-E-L-P dot com slash StorytimePod. Unshakeable. But that didn't prevent ambitious underlings from scheming to usurp his position. His was the most noticeable among the group. The rising tensions were a volatile cocktail of ambition, fear, and mistrust. For Mark, the showdown was personal. It was a chance to avenge his brother Daniel, then lay to rest the ghosts of our shared past. The personal vendetta burned in his eyes, lending an intensity to his pursuit of the gang. Within the gang, the web spikes were riddled with internal conflicts. Ricochet struggled to maintain his grip on power. While Sparrow and Viper grappled with their own ambitions, the tensions reached a boiling point and betrayals simmered beneath the surface. The climax of my relentless pursuit was a night etched in the memory of Marlowe. The showdown had been building like a pressure cooker, the heat of vengeance and the cold steel of justice pushing us all to the brink. I'd followed a complex trail of deceit and treachery, fueled by my unwavering determination to expose the Black Serpent, their leader. The pieces of the puzzle finally clicked into place, revealing the Serpent's actual abode. It was a dilapidated warehouse hidden in plain sight. My heart raced as I approached, every step echoing in the darkened alley. The confrontation was a whirlwind of tension and desperation. Mark and I, armed with the weight of our past and the determination to see justice served, confronted the Black Serpent. His real name, William Conley, was a revelation. The man behind the serpent's mask was a shadowy figure with deep-rooted connections to the city's corrupt power structure. At this point, it was not just about Daniel's assault, it was about a city choking under the grip of organized crime and corrupt officials. Before we went into the building, we had tapped a camera on a button on Officer Sullivan's chest. The good part was that we were not really expecting to come out unscratched, so the video was reported live to Instagram. When we got in, he was alone. I would guess that that was his M.O. to not draw attention to himself. But in the end, that was his undoing. I attacked him with what he did to my brother without mentioning a name knowing that we were on a live feed and then proceeded to mention all of the other things I'd found out. At first, he tried to play dumb, but he was quick to realize that I was well informed. The one thing he was stupid to think was that we were both nobodies and could do nothing. Because of this silly thought, he went on ahead to recount his involvement, stating that there was actually nothing we could do because of those that they had. As the plan we had, we left feeling dejected like that was all, but it wasn't. The feed from Instagram got the government more interested and they picked them up starting with their leader. It would have been fun to watch, but it was important that I disappear from the scene. I couldn't take chances of them coming after me. They could find me or find someone connected to me or something. So I left, but not without my revenge taking a toll on them. I don't know if this leader guy is going to be able to put two and two together or if they would have their own kind of cameras to monitor things going on in that warehouse. But I would feel like if you're able to get into this organized crime, they would have like a background on you in some degree. Like they would know who you are because you're getting in. Like I'm surprised you'd be able to get into this thing without them knowing every detail about your life so that they can ensure that they have something to go back on if you cross them. That said, our next story is I broke my high school bully i can hardly compare the exhilaration i got from seeing olivia getting treated the same way she treated me to anything else i'm a firm believer in karma and she got what she deserved you know that one girl from high school with funny teeth a weird haircut and nerd glasses all matched with ridiculous outfits that were way too young for her or had been out of fashion since the 90s that was me i had virtually no friends except for my parents was at the top of the grade and was every teacher's delight For most of my life, I was invisible to most of my peers. That was until Olivia transferred to school. The thing about being invisible is that you think you want to be noticed. You would sigh and wish that one day you'd walk past your classmate in the grocery store and they'd recognize you. At least, that was what I wanted and with good reason too. It was kind of lonely having only your parents as companions. I never got invited to any special parties and when I did, it was only because the person's parents had forced them to invite the whole grade. I'd learned early enough not to bother even going to those because I'd end up feeling like a ghost, but I would have given anything to go back to my lack of social media presence because when I finally started being noticed, it was for all the wrong reasons. Yes, I was pretty weird for a high schooler, but Olivia and her minions were the first people to point it out. Olivia had only attended my school for a couple of months but she was somehow able to get the whole grade under her command. She was one of that kids by all standards. First, her parents were divorced and she got to stay with her mom who was a cool parent and let her do whatever she pleased so she wore anything she fancied, dyed all of her hair purple and got an extra piercing, they weren't so popular then, Her parents had signed a prenuptial agreement which left her mom with a ridiculous amount of money and an extremely grand mansion with a private pool everyone wanted to be invited to. And she had the latest everything, phones, watches, designer bags. Maybe not everyone wanted to be her friend, but being close to her clearly had a lot of perks. So people started to suck up to her, captain of whom were Pearl, Jaden, and Rexa. These three girls were plastic enough to graduate from acquaintances to being her minions. They were always seated at the same table at lunch where they mostly gossiped, they hung out after school when they'd gossip some more, and they revered every single word that proceeded from Olivia's mouth like it was from the sacred book. If she decided that she didn't like Mr. Simon's class, then they hated it too. If crop tops were her new thing, then they were overly obsessed with crop tops. Nothing about them felt real. They stopped looking at each other for approval, like they had before Olivia's arrival, and started to struggle for her approval. I was in line for lunch one sad afternoon when she dramatically cut out from behind me when I'd gotten to the front of the queue. I turned back to stare in confusion as her minions copied her actions, not even the slightest look of understanding in her eyes. Ugh, she said, feigning distress, something or someone smells terrible. She put her well-manicured fingers to her nose, as if trying to block out an offensive smell. I sniffed the air around me a bit to check if I would get a whiff of the stuff offending her. Nothing. The air smelled like teenage sweat in our lunch. Maybe it was the smell of the weird beef used in cooking our burgers that she didn't like. It wasn't any of my business, so I faced my lunch. Just as I turned back to put an apple on my tray, she directed her drama at me. I bet it's that hideous old sweater that smells like a stale fart, she fake whispered. I glanced down at the green sweater I was wearing. She's worn that for years now, I heard she never washes it, one of her minions continued. It couldn't be me, my sweater was fresh and clean. My dad admitted it for me two years ago and I loved it so much that I wore it whenever I needed some comfort, which was a lot, but it didn't smell bad, it smelled like detergent and mighty odorant. I slowly looked behind me and saw the whole cafeteria queue staring at me. Olivia and her friends had gesticulated enough to let the world know that they were speaking about me. The back of my left arm started to itch and feel warm. That always happened when I felt embarrassed. I don't think she washes her teeth often either, another minion that needed to contribute added. I hear that your teeth start to look like hers if you neglect cleaning them for a long time. I quietly picked up my tray and began to walk away from the line tears clouded my vision as i tried to look around for a place to sit i didn't even
0: why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made ByHeart a better formula for formula. Learn more at ByHeart.com. I
1: didn't want to be there. I continued to walk till I found myself in a quiet section in the corner of the sports field, eating anywhere but the cafeteria was prohibited. But I needed the privacy of that space to cry, so I did. I set my tray down, slid to the grass, and bawled my eyes out. I was so embarrassed. After a well-needed crying session, I dried my eyes and stared out at the food before me. I didn't have any appetite, so I dumped the contents of the tray into a bin close to me and hid the tray in some workout apparatus. I mustered up some courage and walked into my next class, hoping to slide unnoticed into my seat. As soon as I walked through the door, the class erupted with laughter. I cringed and looked at my shoes. Is anything the matter, dear? The concerned teacher asked me, but I just swallowed the tears threatening to fall. She must be stupid too. A voice unmistakably belonging to Olivia called out and the class howled with delight. That did it for me. I ran straight into the bathroom and sped home immediately when the bell was rung before anyone could see me. Luckily, no one was at home, so I didn't have to explain my red eyes or the tears streaming down my face immediately. I headed for my bed and slept in till the next morning. It sucked to be embarrassed like that for no apparent reason. I felt terrible, but things were about to get worse. Olivia must have decided that I was really easy to pick on. So all of a sudden, I went from being invisible to being the butt of everyone's joke. All of my quirks became obvious to everyone like I'd been trying to hide them originally. I couldn't tell my parents anything because I didn't want them to talk to the school authorities or do anything that would make people bully me more. The funny thing was that I didn't realize that there was anything particularly wrong with me or the way I did things till everyone started to point them out. Somebody tell me why her bag looks like a rainbow vomited all over it, some wannabe queen bee with a bored voice would say. On a random sports day I'd hear comments like, I wonder what she's doing all this running for. No sane guy would look at her either way. And when I actually got my period, no one bothered to tell me. I found myself trending on Facebook with the hashtag, granny got her period. That was the final blow. I was so humiliated that I refused to go to school for a week. That was when I finally let my parents know what I was going through at school. My mom was outraged and wanted to make a scene. But my dad was more reasonable, wanting an easy and quiet solution. They came to the conclusion that I'd spend the rest of my high school years in a new school abroad with my brother who had just graduated from college. I was totally happy with the idea. I couldn't pretend like I was fine with my old school anymore. I hated every single one of those kids, especially Olivia and her minions. I loved my older brother, Steve and moving all the way to the United Kingdom would be an opportunity for me to reinvent myself. The transition was easy. I had to complete some counseling sessions before I could resume school, so I used my free time to improve my wardrobe, got a new haircut, and insist on getting braces. I made it clear that I wasn't anyone to be bossed around immediately if I could. My brother Steve was a hotshot, so he had a lot of friends who cared for me, and being his sibling upped my popularity status at school life became enjoyable and happier for me. Fast forward a couple of years later, I had a stable job and a bearable life, but my brother and I still shared his apartment. I was going to move out after I'd graduated from college. Steve loved getting my opinion on his friends, so he'd been wanting to show his new girlfriend to me and ask for my opinion and advice that he never followed. I was 80% right most of the time, I didn't have any real interest in his relationship, but since we were both bored, I started to ask questions about what she did, where she studied and what she looked like. She apparently finished from a reputable place and she was currently an actress. Quite impressive. I finally asked for a picture of her and instead of my usual, aw she's so pretty, mantra, I found myself gawking at the picture with a mix of anger and surprise. Of course, she'd graduated. She was the reason I was a year behind. She's so pretty she's left you speechless, huh? My brother teased when I hadn't said anything for a minute. I looked at him and he turned serious. My face was obviously contorted with pain and anger. Seeing her made me want to run mad and pounce on her for all the evil she did to me. I wasn't going to let my brother stay with her, for my good and for his. He didn't deserve to be with someone that evil and I was going to play the baby sister card till he dumped her. I had to act out a bit of drama. Don't get me wrong, I did feel bad, but I was going to exaggerate and animate my feelings. I started to let tears fall from my eyes. Then I ran into my room and refused to speak to him till dinner time. He looked so confused and disappointed that my heart went out to him as I started to recount all of the events way worse than they actually occurred. I chipped in some imaginary details here and there, and when I'd fully described her as the devil himself, I pretended to wipe some tears from my eyes and said, but if you'd like to have her around, I can cope with that. He raised an eyebrow at me and I sniffled. It would definitely be traumatizing to see her again in person, but I'll manage. His jaw tended and he assured me that he was never going to speak to her in his life. He iced her out after that. He didn't respond to her calls or reply to her texts. And I just couldn't help sneaking to his phone and texting the words, it's over to her thankfully all her texts were desperate and confused just like all the others had been the next day i saw her from the kitchen window walking towards our apartment when steve had left for some party with his friends it was the perfect opportunity i quickly slipped on some cool shorts and let my hair loose over my shoulders i strutted to the door with the air of someone very important hey remember me the girl you bullied well steve said to let you know he no longer needs you in his life Bye. I breezed through the sentences without giving her space to reply. I imitated her high-pitched bye at the end and I waltzed back to my room. To this day, I wonder if the shock on her face was because she thought I was his new girlfriend. I really hope it was. I'm starting to question how good of a brother OP's brother is. Mostly because a they got with somebody who was a monster in high school which wasn't that long ago. Or that B, they were in a relationship long enough that they never really found out about him having a sister. That they, you know, live together. Maybe show them, maybe see a picture and realize it's the girl she bullied if she cared enough. Maybe see a picture and remember it's the girl she bullied if she would remember. Our next story is, friend tries to steal my girl, so I smashed his gaming setup. I'm the type of person that people think twice about before they mess with, or at least they should think twice about before they mess with. Aside from the fact that I have a naturally big stature, which I've trained and built to muscular perfection, I have intense anger management issues. It's self-diagnosed, so I don't know if I should call it that, but in summary, when someone pisses me off I get so mad and I make sure I get them right back. Now, I might look intimidating, which is why I said people think twice before getting on my bad side, but I'm not a violent person. I'm not a bully, and I don't hit people, I get them back in other ways. More painful ways, like releasing embarrassing things about them on the internet, or burning their car, smashing their gadgets, or just trashing their apartments, those kinds of things. I find them more satisfying than a little beating where you have to stop because they passed out or they're bleeding way too much. Enough about that. All I wanted to do was show you how I react to people crossing me, as it would help you understand why I did what I did to my friend Jimmy. But let me start the story from the beginning for context. I met Jimmy for the first time at a lake house party. It was the summer after freshman year of college and I was hanging out with my roommate and best friend Alec in his parents' house. My place was too far to return to and honestly the journey wasn't worth it. A few weeks before the new school year started, we decided to go to the lake house which was owned by Jimmy's parents. We had an arm wrestling competition where the loser had to strip down to his underwear and stand in front of the house where everyone can see him for 5 minutes. After I won, Jimmy did it. One of the things that first endeared me to Jimmy was how he owned a situation that would have left the average person covering his head in shame. It was really fun to watch. After the party we pretty much hung out the next day and the day after that and just like that we were buddies. School resumed a few days after and we all returned to campus. I didn't go to class for the first few days after we resumed because I didn't feel like it. I was the type of person who may not attend a single class and still do very well. That's just how I was built. So. Why bother? After a week in my apartment and after finishing my Uncharted game for the 4th time, I got bored enough and decided to go to school. Best decision I made that day. I took a shower and went to my 1 o'clock class. I got to the lecture hall and took the back seat, where I could do everything but pay attention to the class without actually getting caught. I arrived relatively earlier than most people and it took a while for the class to fill up. When it did, the class got rowdy and I had to plug in my airpods. A few minutes later someone tapped me on the shoulder i turned to my side and my mouth literally fell open at the beauty standing by my side i remember that she had a nervous smile on her face as she looked around the class she introduced herself as laura she was a freshman and she was looking for her lecture hall i asked her what course she was doing and she said econ 102. it was at the other side of the campus and i offered to take her she declined at first because she didn't want to bother me but I told her that it wasn't a problem because I was going to leave the class anyway. She said okay, and we both walked to the lecture building. We talked on the way, and I discovered that not only is she beautiful, but she's also smart and funny. We got along easily. By the time we got to the building, I didn't want her to leave, but she was already late for class, so I collected her number and she went on her way. Going to class had its perks after all. That night I texted her and we chatted till midnight. Same thing the day after that and then the day after that. Soon enough we couldn't do without texting the other every day. I thought that we'd run out of things to talk about eventually, but that didn't happen. It only got more interesting. Note to everyone out there, if you get a girl or guy that completely gets you, like completely gets your mentality and sense of humor and compliments that, never let her go. Five weeks after we started texting, I asked her out to see a movie and she readily agreed. We went out one Saturday, and then we went to an arcade the next Saturday, and then dinner the next one. And then, I asked her to be my girlfriend, to which she said yes. All the while we were going out, I didn't tell my friends about her. Back then, I was the guy who made fun of my friends for being too lovey-dovey with their girlfriends, and even when they told me that I'd do the same if I had one, I said it was impossible. But it turned out that they were right and I didn't want to give them the satisfaction of knowing that they were, so I never told them that I was seeing someone. But eventually, Alec found out. We were at the apartment one day, along with Jimmy and our other friend Kyle. Alec and Kyle were playing FIFA and we were all just chilling. We ordered pizza earlier and I went to accept the delivery. I left my phone on the couch and I received a text. I had saved Laura's name with a single red rose and pink heart, so there was no way to play it. When the text came in, Jimmy looked at my phone and he alerted the others. They all laughed and made fun of me. I didn't hear the end of it that day. Then Alec asked why I was hiding my girlfriend. They said they wanted to meet her. I told them I was going to do that in due time, but the boys were very good with persuading me. I didn't hear the end of it that day. They talked about my mystery girlfriend till the end of the day, and when I thought it was over, they continued the next day. I had no other choice. I told them that I was going to introduce her soon and that was the only time they let me off the hook, at least for the week. Exactly 5 days after the incident, Alec asked again and it became a whole new thing. Eventually, I got tired of their incessant pestering and since I knew Alex and Kyle's girlfriends, I thought it would be fair to introduce them. So, I decided to invite her over to a frat party we were all going to. On Friday evening, we all went to the party, and there I formally introduced her to them. After the normal small talk, I went to go get drinks. The kitchen was crowded so i had to wait for a while to get it eventually i did and went back to laura i was already worried that she was going to be bored but surprisingly jimmy was keeping her company i returned to them and she asked me why i didn't tell her that jimmy was also an econ major they were discussing a particular course and i hung back as they talked this went on for more than 20 minutes and it got kind of annoying there's an unspoken rule that says that a friend shouldn't talk too much to his friend's girlfriend when his friend is standing right there I don't know if there is a rule like that but there should be. It just makes sense. After another 5 minutes, I had to step in. I asked her if we could go somewhere less crowded. She agreed and we went outside to hang out. When it was time to leave I called an Uber and before Lara and I could get in, Jimmy asked if he could get Lara's number. That was way out of line, I mean speaking to her for that long while I was standing right beside him was way out of line. But I could understand that they were talking about school but then he asked for her number? Before I could say something, he quickly added that he wanted to send her some notes and materials he had for a particular course. Apparently, she told him she was having a problem with it because she didn't have all the course materials yet. I decided not to say anything. Since it's about school, I let it slide. But that was not the end. A few weeks after that party, Laura sent me a text. She said Jimmy had been texting her and she couldn't tell if he was just being friendly or if it was something more. At this point, I got so mad and I asked her to send me a screenshot of all the texts they've had. And so she did. The beginning was just the usual greetings and mundane conversations. And then it got to school stuff. And then our relationship stuff. Can you believe this guy? He was asking Laura if I was treating her well. You'd think that's the worst thing he did, but that's not all. He went on to ask Laura if they could meet up. He was offering to help her study. Why? I have no idea, but I needed to put an end to it. I went to his place the next day and showed him the texts. I told him outrightly to stay away from my girlfriend. He replied, saying that he didn't mean anything by the texts and that he was only being friendly. I didn't want to hear it. I told him once more to not text her again, and I left. But he didn't stop there. He sent another text, telling her how he didn't appreciate the fact that she showed me their chats. He even went as far as insulting her, calling her immature and all. At this point, I knew that I had to do something. I had let it go on for too long and I had to put a stop to it. I needed to teach Jimmy a lesson and I knew exactly how to do it. Jimmy had a gaming setup in his apartment and he spent a lot of money making it professional. He was aspiring to be a professional game streamer on YouTube and Twitch and he'd already started to do some mini streams to test the waters. That day, I made sure he was on campus, attending a lecture before I went to his apartment. I knew where he kept his spare key, and I let myself in. He had an iron bat because he was a huge baseball fan. That was what I used in smashing his entire setup to bits. When I had smashed it beyond repair, I decided to let myself out the same way I came. I made sure I wasn't seen so there wasn't anyone who would trace the vandalism to me. I never spoke to Jimmy again after that day. Is it safe to say that you should never ask your friend's girlfriend for their number? Like it's just too far right? Like even if they were in a position to help them study, isn't it just too forward as a friend of a friend to say, hey give me your number let's try to meet up sometime. Like that should just be impossible to do out of respect for your friend right? But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left.